Welcome everybody to the Ride In NFL DFS podcast for week nine of the 2019 NFL DFS season brought to you by FanshareSports.com. Head on over there to check out their ownership tools and nail down your GPP player pool by seeing who's going over owned and who is going overlooked. It is the nut low of all days for a school teacher. It is Halloween, Thursday, October 31st. You know, things go awry on Halloween. Uh, Things are not as they seem on Halloween. The kids are all fired up. Everybody's feeding them candy. And nobody wants to sit in their seat. Nobody wants to listen. So for a teacher, today is not the best day. As a parent, uh, you know, Halloween doesn't thrill me either. I never even liked it as a kid. Uh, But seeing, you know, the kids dress up and have fun and everything like that, I'll take it. Not not terrible as a parent. Uh, As a teacher... As a kid who used to participate in Halloween, absolutely despise it. But that is neither here nor there because it is week nine. Before we get into it, though, some excellent news. Uh, Personally, uh, I'm going to take a victory lap here on the Ride in NFL DFS podcast. On the Monday night showdown slate, I punched my ticket to the $1.5 million DraftKings King of the Beach live final. Uh, I still do have to to win basically a double up in week 11 to actually get to Miami and and take part in the live festivities. Uh, But uh, having punched my ticket to the semifinal, I'm still guaranteed a few grand, which feels good. I was pretty elated on Monday night. The sweat was pretty unreal. I needed a 40-yard field goal from Chris Boswell. They weren't in range. They're actually too close. Uh, It was going to be a 37-yard field goal. But James Conner lost five yards on third down, and it ended up being a 41 or 42-yard field goal to give me the four points that I needed, and then really nothing else happened from there. So it was pretty awesome to have that sweat to get the the ticket to the King of the Beach. So I'm pretty excited. I feel like the year is is definitely going in the right direction. Let's get into the week nine. NFL DFS slate. I feel like DraftKings hit the midseason multiplier on everybody's salary. It's going to be a very tight week to fit in all the guys that you want in your DFS lineup, Uh, especially at running back. Man, Chris McCaffrey up to five figures. Dalvin Cook, 9,500. So it's going to be uh, pretty difficult. You're probably not going to love the way your cash lineup looks. You're probably going to, you know, have that gag reflex in some spots, Uh, but it's just something that you know, we have to do, everybody has to play with the same salary, so it's not necessarily a disadvantage. In fact, if you think you are sharp, I think having tight salaries is in some way uh, more of an advantage. Although I think it's kind of like a bell curve. Uh, The tighter they get, the more, you know, just picking the right random 3K punt at wide receiver might be uh, the deciding factor in contest, but that's neither here nor there. Let's get into it. Russell Wilson faces the pass-funnel Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They are top in the league at stopping the run. They are bottom in the league at allowing quarterbacks and wide receivers to run all over them. So Russell Wilson at home in one of the highest total games of the the, uh, week against a pretty 
terrible secondary. Uh, you know, DK Metcalf's kind of coming into his own. He's a big physical specimen that has the most end zone targets in the league. He is ripping down balls uh, out of defenders' hands. You know, he's winning at the catch point. He's crushing the contested catch uh, statistic. And, yeah, that's an asset for a quarterback to have a player that can win those jump balls in the end zone. Uh, then you have Tyler Lockett. Um, you know, completely opposite in stature of DK Metcalf, but has his own uh, skill set in the in the end zone and in the red zone as well. Plus, he's a deep threat. I just think Wilson is really set up to succeed this week. However, if you can't get up to him, there are some options a little bit lower. I really like Derek Carr this week. He has a home matchup with the Lions and I mean he's averaging nearly 300 yards and two and a half touchdowns since the Raiders came off their bye they're throwing a little bit more he looks pretty good he has Tyrell Williams back in action so I think um, he is and obviously Darren Waller and that's Lions secondary should be without Darius Slay not 100% sure on that just yet and they traded away Quandre Diggs so I think that game is going to be a pretty pretty good shot for that to be a shootout uh, in Oakland. And for that reason, I like that game, uh, game stacks of that game in tournaments as well. I think Matt Stafford is a great play. Uh, in Probably, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't argue against using him in cash or tournaments, but in cash, I would just try to find the couple hundred bucks to get up to Russell Wilson uh, in that home matchup against the Bucks. There is also uh, Matt Moore. Uh, you know, I don't love Matt Moore, but he's at home. The Vikings haven't been the formidable secondary that they have always been. I mean, they're, they're not bottom in the league or anything, but they're not a defense that we're actively trying to avoid. In fact, Xavier Rhodes was the corner that everybody used to be afraid of, and the Lions were right at him. Uh, in that game that Marvin Jones scored four touchdowns, he was visibly upset that he just couldn't cover uh, Marvin Jones. And, you know, I, I just think that it's not something... The Vikings are not a matchup that we're actively trying to avoid anymore. And their explosive offense, I think, is something that we are going to kind of, uh, you know, target in, in when they play an opponent that I think can match them shot for shot. And I think the Chiefs are... Are that opponent you know Matt Moore isn't the best he doesn't have the greatest skill set he's a uh, career backup but when you have Tyree Kill Travis Kelsey um, you know even LaShawn McCoy Nicole Hardman Demarcus Robinson ton of weapons at his disposal it's going to be hard for him to fail in this matchup and at his price right if Matt Moore was 6k I would say absolutely not but under 5k for a quarterback that has those weapons uh, at home I think Matt Moore is an option as well um, as the week progresses, I'm looking more and more at Phillip Rivers. He doesn't have the easiest matchup. People cut me off here. He doesn't have the easiest matchup, uh, but he has 300 yards in almost all of his games this year. I know there's narrative that, you know, Rivers is, and the, the Chargers offense is going to kind of turn to a more run-heavy approach with the new offensive coordinator firing Ken Wisenhunt. Um, but I think that against the Packers, uh, with the way their defense has played, I don't think 
they're going to have much of a choice but to throw uh, a little bit more than than they want in this game. So I think Rivers is even in play. I'm not 100% sold on that yet. But at 5K, man, Phillip Rivers, 5K, that's pretty crazy price. Um, So he's definitely in consideration as well. At running back, I think the two top dogs, if you can try to jam them in, as they say, Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, um, it's something that if you think the rest of your lineup isn't too thin for a double up, then I would I would go ahead and pull the trigger. But you know, just know that McCaffrey and Dalvin Cook can't even have floor games if you have them both in your lineup. Um, they absolutely both have to smash, like go for 30 each. Uh, just because it leaves the rest of your lineup pretty pretty thin. And if they're putting up 18 points or 15 points or something that like that, if they have one of their floor games, then your lineup's kind of toast. Under those two, I mean, I really don't, I feel like I don't have to explain much. I mean, the Chiefs just are gashed by running backs. Dalvin Cook has only one game this year where he hasn't had 20 or more touches. McCaffrey is McCaffrey. I mean, basically, I could just open the podcast with saying play Christian McCaffrey, you know, just lock him in. He showed us last week that he's matchup proof against the 49ers. Got there, got to 30 points on 18 touches, which is pretty insane. Um, This week, he's definitely in store for his closer to 30 touch day. Um, And under those two, about 2K less than Dalvin Cook is Aaron Jones and Nick Chubb. Aaron Jones uh, is being used almost like a receiver at this point. You know, Green Bay is lining him up outside. They're putting him in bunch formations. They're throwing him nine routes, you know, letting him just streak right down the field. And he's also getting about 12 to 15 carries too. So he has a skill set and a usage rate that is, some might say unsustainable, but for 7K against this Chargers defense, I think we can definitely go back to him again this week but if his price keeps increasing I don't know if his limited touch share is something that I want to target in cash Uh, but this week I think probably the last week that he'll be viable at 7k against a uh, a pretty easy matchup with the with the Chargers Nick Chubb I think the Browns are going to kind of uh, you know try to lean on him they did against the Patriots he had 23 carries for 130 yards he did end up fumbling a few times which was pretty detrimental to their the the Browns success in that game but this matchup with the Broncos Broncos are pretty um run funnel they they stop the pass pretty well and they are vulnerable to to good running backs good running games so I think uh Chubb is in play as well and there's not much under Chubb I'll tell you that right now Mark Walton played over 80 percent of the snaps and gets the Jets this week it's a tough pill to swallow, but for 4500 if you need that savings, Mark Walton, he saw six targets as well against the Steelers on Monday night. So he is definitely someone I'll be looking at. And then obviously Jalen Samuels, if James Conner and Benny Snell can't go, or even if just James Conner can't go, at 4K, he is probably in line for five to seven targets plus a bunch of carries. And at 4K, if he's going to be a co-starter or a starter at running back uh, for the Steelers, then I think he is definitely someone that should be a priority uh, at his price.
At wide receiver, there is a slew of so-so options under 5K. So I really like Danny Amendola this week. Since Carrion Johnson has uh, been out, Danny Amendola is the 10th most targeted receiver in the entire league. And that's simply because they're using him as an extension of the running game. You know, like they don't trust Ty Johnson and they don't trust their their reserve running backs to kind of gain those short three, four, five yards, keep them on schedule uh, on second down and third down. So they're using Danny Amendola as an extension of the running game. He has seen nearly 20 targets in the last two weeks, and he's only 4,700. So even if he goes, you know, six for 60, uh, that's something that, you know, that's a, that's a price point where if, if we have Christian McCaffrey and, and Dalvin Cook go off, we'll take 13 or 14 points from our 4K wide receivers. Uh, I also think Jarvis Landry, for the first time in, I can't even remember how long I've even said his name on this podcast or written him up in an article. He's 4,500. Chris Harris will probably be locked on to Odell Beckham. I think this is actually a game and a situation where Landry benefits uh, from being the second receiver. And at 4,500, you know, he's seen the targets. He just hasn't really done much with them. I think he is definitely in play as well. Demarius Thomas at 4K, as long as he is 100% healthy, he has been the target share leader uh, over the last few weeks for the Jets. Not Jamison Crowder, not Robbie Anderson. It has been Demarius Thomas that is the target share leader for the Jets. So I think he is in play as well. And then we have the Dolphins receivers. Both Devontae Parker and Preston Williams, I feel, are, are in play. So there's a bunch of 4K wide receivers that uh, I think are viable for cash. Devontae Parker has been a little bit more of a low A dot, but heavier volume uh, than Preston Williams. Preston Williams has been a bit, a little bit higher average depth of target and a little less volume actually than Devontae Parker. And Parker has really been the red zone threat. So I think I like Parker a tad more than Preston Williams, but both of them are viable. Uh, on the Saturday update, I'll probably have you know, an update on how I've narrowed down those 4K receivers. I think DK Metcalf can be looked at in cash only because the matchup is just so juicy for him against the Buccaneers' bottom-of-the-barrel pass defense. And then he's, he hasn't even reached 6K yet. He has a ton of touchdown equity. Uh, it's, it's a bit thin for cash, but I think you can consider him if you have, you know, 557 to 5,900 left for that last wide receiver spot. I think John Brown uh, is definitely in play as well. The matchup with the Redskins is a pretty good one. Um, and, you know, John Brown's basically the go-to receiver in, in Buffalo. He's the only receiver that I would trust. And I think he's really the only receiver that Josh Allen trusts. He is reaching a point at near, you know, 6K where uh, it's getting... a kind of thin to play John Brown as well Uh, however everybody's price is up this week so you have to take that into account and then obviously if you can get up to a stud receiver I'm not one that normally pays up for for receiver if there is tangible value at running back which there almost always is Uh, but obviously I I like uh, Chris Godwin this week 
I think we could go back to that well. Uh, I don't know how much how highly owned he'll be, um, but obviously we've seen what he did. He, he snapped his 100-yard streak there last week when Evans kind of went off, but I think we could definitely go back to Chris Godwin in this matchup that has a 51-point total. And, you know, the Seahawks' defense, not what it used to be. Godwin can definitely get them, but I think I will be staying down in that 4K range. I think I forgot to mention Deontay Johnson as well. He gets the Monday Night Football pricing neglect. So does Juju Smith-Schuster, really, in the 6K range. But Deontay Johnson, man, if you just extrapolate his production in the games that Mason Rudolph has played and not the game that Big Ben got hurt or the game that Devlin Hodges played, he is you know, crushing their target share and their um, air yard share. So I think Deontay Johnson is in play as well. At tight end, I'm really going to try to get up to Darren Waller. Uh, I think the game with the Lions is going to be a shootout, and I think that he is going to bounce back from his two-catch week last week. He did score a touchdown, but he only had two catches. Um, I think this week is going to be another uh, successful Darren Waller. Uh, week, I could see him going over 100 and scoring a touchdown in a, a high-paced game that has uh, a ton of points, ton of back and forth. If you can't get up to Darren Waller, I think we go all the way down to Jonu Smith or Cameron Braid again this week. You know, they were we weren't really sure if we could if we should pay down for them last week. Um, Braid is an interesting case. You know, I believe in Smith. I believe in Jonu Smith's athleticism. He leads. He led the league in, uh, or he led the Titans in yards after catch. He's just an athletic guy that can, you know, rack up yards after he catches the ball. And being that Delaney Walker looks like he'll be out again, obviously this is this is null and void if Delaney Walker can suit up. But I think uh, with Walker out again. Um, we can definitely look to to Jonu Smith. Cameron Brate had his most snaps played, his most targets uh, on the season, despite the fact that Arians, you know, just hates tight ends. I think we could still go back to him. But the most interesting thing is if Cameron Brate can't go, it looks like like every tight end sat out practice uh, yesterday except for Tanner Hudson, preseason hero. If he's the only healthy tight end uh, along with Jordan Leggett, I think he's even uh, considerable uh, for cash games. But I'm really going to try to get up to Darren Waller. At defense, I think we could pay all the way down for the Redskins. Um, I think Buffalo's offense is nothing to be afraid of. Their defense has really been a product of just playing good offenses. I mean, the Redskins have some horses uh, on defense, and I think they could definitely turn Josh Allen over. He's one of the most sacked quarterbacks in the league because he doesn't like to throw the ball away. So the Redskins, at bare minimum salary, it will probably hit 3x. The, the only thing is you have to love what you get by rostering that min salary defense, right? Like if you don't want to, let's say, uh, if you don't want to go from... Danny Amendola to DK Metcalf, then that $1,000 really is useless. And I would say spend it on the other defense that I'm considering in cash, and that's the Carolina Panthers. Uh, They actually just got whacked by the 49ers, obviously. But um, if you look at their uh, defense up until that point, they were playing lights out um, over 10 DraftKings points almost every week. 
and 2900 is just too cheap for a home matchup with Ryan Tannehill and the Titans. So I really like uh, the Panthers and the Redskins this week. All right, that will do it for the Thursday edition of the Ride In NFL DFS podcast. I will be back at some point on Saturday with any updates, right? I'll keep my eyes peeled for any news, uh, for any coach speak, for any injury updates that will change uh, the course of my cash game considerations. And I'll hit you with the core four, uh, which is the four players that I'm desperately trying to build around in cash at that point. Good luck in your showdown slates tonight. Good luck if you're playing college football or NBA DFS up until Sunday. I will talk to you on Saturday. All I see is dollar signs.